Hey, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another week of that which we call Focus on Metal. Lots of great discussion with Richie and myself this week about some of the uh, latest events in metal, as well as having a great guest, once again, James Kotak on the show, this time to talk all about the 30th Anniversary Kingdom Come Tour, which kicks off tonight in Seattle, Washington, runs through uh, October 27th. So if you want to skip the discussion, you can fast forward yourself up to about the 40-minute mark, and you'll be listening to the conversation that Richie had with James. But you don't really want to do that, right? Hey, this is James Kotak, and you're listening to Focus on Metal with Scott and Richie. listeners and uh you're hearing my voice it means that once again it's time for another episode of focus on metal and uh oddly this time i've actually got uh, richie on the line how you doing man i'm all right um first time i'm doing it this way in uh, six years this is uh this is like really old school focus on metal this is how that uh jay and mandy and dario and i used to do it way back in the beginning with was totally over skype because we were uh you know utah winnipeg and uh, Jay would call in from up near the beach. And so, yeah, it was, uh, so this is kind of like old school focus. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's good to get you on the line because uh, definitely a great guest this week as we welcome once again, what is this, like a third or fourth time we've had Kotak on the show? Um, let me think. Scorpions was one. We had him on for Little Mountain, right? Yeah. We had him on for four. a career retrospective. Four. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he is definitely. Whether on the whether on the phone or in person, uh, great guy, and it's 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 awesome to have him back on the show this week. And of course, we're having him back on because uh, once again, it's uh, it's the anniversary of uh, Kingdom Come's debut album, and um, James and everybody from the original band, with the exception of Lenny, will be hitting the road starting. Uh, the 27th, so if you're listening to this on the day that it usually comes out on a Wednesday, the tour kicks off tomorrow night in, uh, I think, Seattle. Yeah, I'm um, I'm one of these people that, uh, and I said it to James, I never, I've never seen Kingdom Come. Yeah. So um, this is my chance to go, and they're playing up the road here in, uh, I think it's the end of October. Right, yeah, the 21st, um, yep. Yeah, the, did you ever see Kingdom Come? No, I never ended up seeing them. Yeah, but they, you know, they did... I mean, their predominant thing, I think if you ask people, like, where they saw them, they probably are going to say, like, at on, like, the Monsters tour more than anything else that, because uh, then there was, you know, then the backlash kind of happened, like, right after that, or it's kind of, yeah, it's going back a few years, but it was right around then. So, uh, yeah, they didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, intense touring by those guys. Yeah. Um, where did they play on the Monsters of Rock tour here? Was it Foxborough? Uh, I I can't remember if it was Foxborough or not. It's yeah, it's way back there. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that was a stadium tour. That was that was the tour mm-hmm. when I was back living in Ireland around that time. Yeah. And I at Donington, I had all these festivals, and I went, "Damn, I'd love to see that bill." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you had Donington, right? So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, well, that. That bill at the time, if you look at the, all the bands on that bill, you could argue that that was the, the height of all of their careers, except for probably Metallica. 
Yeah, it well, in, in a way it is, right? But then at the same time, look at like what was happening, you know, function or dysfunctional wise with a lot of those bands too. So some of them were at the, the you know, the height of their career, but pr- also pretty much crumbling under the weight of that height. Yeah, well, Dokken didn't last very long. That's right. After. Yep. Um, who else is on it? Van Halen. Van Scorpions. Halen, yep. Van Halen was another one that was that was like that. I mean, Scorpions, they had the the changes after that, which, of course, then, you know, James probably, I think, I think he was the longest drummer in Scorps, wasn't he? 20-something years, yeah. Yeah, so um, I know a lot of people think it's Herman, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was James was the one that put in the most time with, with Scorps. But, yeah, there's definitely, uh, like I said, a lot of bands kind of started to fall apart after that. Yeah, yeah. So this Kingdom Come um, thing, I'm glad King St. John is singing because I love his stuff on Burning Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's just, and getting like those big shoes to fill, you know, Lenny Wolf. Well, yeah, um, I mean, in, in, I mean, in a way, I mean, he's not. Um... He's not like an iconic, you know, kind of thing like filling like a, you know, a, a major singer's shoes or anything like that. His voice is definitely a voice that's identifiable with the band. But, um, you know, I, I think the Keith will just will do just fine on it. Yeah, yeah. I, he's sang in like Montrose and yeah. all that. So he's yeah. used to singing other, 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 you know, other bands' materials. So right, and I and then the, yeah. like with 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 Burning Rain, you know, you bring in the stuff that you know Doug really likes that kind of uh, that blues rock vein as well. So I mean, Keith sang in this, and you know, pretty much everything that the Kingdom Come you know was has done in the past is all based on that classic kind of British blues rock thing. So it's not it's not something that's totally out of his wheelhouse. Yeah, I thought I thought I'd never get to see Kingdom Come because once Lenny retired. I think it was sometime last year. He, you know, he just said, "I'm I'm done. I've, you know, I've used the Kingdom Come name for a long time, and I've just decided to stop." Right. And uh, I said, "Right, that's it." Because we've interviewed James a few times, and he said he tried to get Lenny to, you know, to do some shows, and he actually did do some rehearsal a few years ago. And uh, I was shocked. Yeah. Honest with you, when they announced this tour, I was shocked because. I was like, well, well, I thought Lenny had retired. And then it came out then that Lenny wasn't on it and Keith St. John was going to do it. I'm still thrilled. Like, I'm going to get to hear, you know, all the first album and, and probably half of the second record. And mm. I'm actually a bigger fan of the second record. But, you know, this is another tick-the-box thing. You know, I'm going to get to see those songs played by four-fifths of the original lineup. Yeah, yeah. But I think, too, that, uh, you know... And so far, I really haven't heard it yet, which is which makes me happy. But I, you know, I'm hoping that no one thinks that this is kind of like a like a cash grab or something like that. Because I mean, obviously, you know, James has got lots of things going on, and he pretty much put the solo album on hold to do this and stuff. So you know, it's really more a case of trying to trying to let people hear the music and celebrate it and all that more than anything else. And I I hope everybody realizes that really that's the intention behind it. Yeah, and the thing. Um they're playing a sizable number of dates. Yeah, yeah, they're um, up from what? They're up from the 27th to October 27th. So, yeah, it's, it's a good run. Yeah, and it looks as well as if they're not, well, I might be wrong, but they're not playing weekend things. Right. Like they're doing they're doing shows during the week as well. So, oh, yeah, no, it's a slog. They get a decent run of it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and, you know, we've, we've spoken to James a few times, and, you know, he's wanted to do this for a long time 
and um, he's just decided now to, you know, he can do it, and he's, you know, and he's understandably, you know, annoyed that Lenny can't do it, but it's like, you know, fuck it, right? You know, I, I, this is it. It's not. It was ne- it was ne- it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So, you know, this is our chance now. Let's go out and just do it. Yeah, I mean, really, if he wants to celebrate, he's really only, you know, and he wants to do it on that year, then he's really got to do it either this year or or it's going to be next year because the second album came out, what, in, in uh, I think it was 89, right? So it's really, he's got yeah. two, two, you know, two years to celebrate this anniversary on. So uh, it's good that he's just hopping on it now and, and, and doing it. Yeah, I think, I, I'm going to be out, I'm going to be out on the limb here and I haven't heard any of it, but I think it's going to be a fucking great show. Um. Those albums are brilliant, and Keith St. John is a is a pro, right? And he's going to put his own stamp on 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 the material. And I think if they went in and rehearsed and it did, it wasn't working, it wouldn't go out. I don't think they would go out. So no, I don't. I, I don't think. think I don't think they would, especially because you know I don't. I don't know how much of the the the, the backlash that you you know you heard about back home but you know i can remember when this album came out and you know everybody was all into it and stuff with you know with get it on and the song was getting played like crazy on the radio and it was on mtv and it was just it was you know awesome and and then uh you know all of a sudden just you know lenny makes that comment about never hearing led zeppelin and like just pretty much so many people just kind of walked away from it at that point it was it was really a shame and uh you know, I I hope that uh, you know they're able to come out on this tour and just and and knock it out and and maybe you know get rid of some of that tarnish that happened from all of that. Yeah, well, I, I can't wait to see him. Um, you know, I'd say we'll probably get to see James and hopefully get to meet the band and say hello. Yeah. So, so we got a, we got a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we do. We, we gonna have a little bit of chat before we uh, we talk with James. Yeah. We absolutely can do that. We got right. we got lots of time, depending on what we do for the show. So yeah, let's go for <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. So the, the first thing, um, Motley Crue going back in the studio to record four new songs. What, what do you think of that? I think that uh, Vince Neil probably still can't sing. It would sound <laughs> way better if Karabi sang on there. <laughs> you know, you know what? Some people have said that to me on social media. They should get Karabi back for them. <laughs> But if they they've do, don't call Bob. the crew this time. Just let's let's get over that hump. Yeah, so they've got pub rock producing, right? And I don't know whether you remember. When Even I Bob can't Ron polish Young. a turd. I mean, God. Yeah, but Ron, Ron Young was telling us about recording the Little Caesar record. Uh-huh. And Bob Rock, he said that Bob Rock was delaying doing his vocals because he'd just done Dr. Feelgood. And then he said how he recorded Vince's vocals. And cut and spliced all all the takes together to get a, a lyric. Yeah, it's some. I think I think Ron even said at some points he was making like one word at a time. Yeah, and this is in 1989, and this is 2018. Um, I, the technology is probably a lot better now, and I'm I don't think it'll be great. I I don't think Motley Crue have done anything remotely great in. 25 years yeah now the thing is though this might be a weird perspective and i literally just thought about it as as we were as i'm listening to you is you know there's a possibility that it actually may sound good and and the reason i say that is that they are never going to have to play any of it live so they can be like you know masterful in the studio 
and and do whatever doctoring they have to do and make as many different layers as they have to do and all of that because they will never have to play it live. Yeah, but what do you want it to sound like? Do you want it to sound like Shout at the Devil or do you want it to sound like um, the two new tracks that Bob Rock did on the greatest hits, Bitter Pill and Enslaved? Over, you know, they were big sounding, overproduced. Uh, no, I'd rather have it sound like classic, uh, like classic crew. I mean, obviously, you know, I think anybody really would want that, unless you're kind of like a latecomer to it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're ever gonna we're gonna hear that. I think it's gonna be more the Phil Spector treatment, and it's just gonna be a, you know, even more layers than than possibly, you know, if you'd ever think you'd want to hear from them. Yeah, I don't want it to sound like Saints of Los Angeles. No. <laughs> That's um like DJ Ashburn kind of kind of deal, right? Um, I I just wanted to sound like our '80s crew. If it sounded anything remotely like that, I'd be happy. But I think this is going to be auto tuned, pro tool to death. Oh yeah, because, no, I, uh, I think no no doubt about that. It's just going to be. I think it'll just be interesting to see. Like, I think you know Tommy can still able to play like a like a you know total master and and i'm sure that you know mick will be fine just being able to you know sit in the studio and do it and not have to worry about trying to you know crank out on stage and stuff and uh, yeah the other stuff i think is just kind of be up for grabs a little bit but you know you do bring in kind of an interesting thing though with the with the dj ashba thing and maybe some more of of nikki's current projects or the last few projects he's is maybe that's going to creep into this and you are going to get more of uh, something that sounds like a cross between what Nikki's been doing over the last few projects he's done and a cross between some stuff that, that Tommy did as well, and it won't even sound like anything remotely crew. Yeah, I, I, I think if, if that happens, I think it's going to be a pity because, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the songs for the dirt, and that's a movie <laughs> about their career, and the big part of their career is the 80s. Right. So they'd be foolish not to have the new song sound a little bit like that. Sure. Like if they start putting, they start putting loops and you know some rap beats from you know <laughs> some all that crap that Tommy might bring to it. It's like just fucking plug in, play rock and roll. And the other thing that you, you that you think about with that band is um, the zero chemistry between yeah. the four of them because the way they split up. You know, they all, I think some of them stopped following each other on social media the minute it ended and they hadn't talked to each other. And now they're all, oh, yeah, we can't wait to go back in the studio. And I'm thinking, really? Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I mean, I didn't really think much about that. But now that you say it, yeah, I mean, if if you're not getting along and and you're going to be in the studio, like, together for any length of time, that that sucks. At least on stage, you, you, you know, you... You kind of have to behave a little bit. You have some space from each other. You're playing something you already know. It's not a creative process. They're never, you know, the last how many odd years, they've never been a jammy band on stage or anything like that, you know. So to, to be in the studio and be and create and not be able to stand each other, that's, yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of the, uh, you know, last few Beatles, Beatles album kind of deal where they're all like, it wasn't really a Beatles album. They all worked on their own songs in their own studios. So, yeah, it's it's weird. Maybe that'll what it'll be, right? There'll be a, a song for each guy or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting now to see how long it takes them to record the tracks. Yeah. If they went if they went in in two or three days and did the four of them, 
that had kind of hint what direction it's going in. They went in, they, they blasted them out, did them in a few days, and they're done. If you find out that they were in the studio for three or four weeks for four songs, you're thinking, oh, shit, this is going to be multi-layered muck. Mm, yeah. You know, it's also interesting, too, though, when you think about, like, where they, even, you know, to have them originally coalesce into, you know, the band that everyone was into, when you think about that, you know, you got, like, Mick Mars, who was like big influence, was like Bill Nelson and Bebop Deluxe and stuff, right? And then, and then uh, you know, Nicky, who's you know doing the stuff out of London, and he's got some of that more of that that kind of punky glam kind of background, and you know, uh, Vince has got more of the just kind of a straight rock thing, and, and you know, they're all kind of bringing something different to the table, and you think, wow, that's weird that they coalesced into like that on that the first couple albums you know if you listen to too fast for love you'd be like really that's what these you know that's what this all came from so you wonder if being a part like has any of that like crept back or or anything but it's just you know my take of they were so disparate to begin with they did form something for a while and some of it may have just been the need to succeed more than anything else but you know now that they've got it is you know how what are we going to get it's a good it's a good question yeah i know you have people saying Oh, are they going to break this contract now on tour? <laughs> which, which which leads me to the next band who uh-huh. just announced their farewell tour. That would be Kiss. Uh-huh. The yeah. three-year farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> oh, man, it's too funny. You know, uh, that's interesting because... You know, I, I, when I, when I saw, saw the, you know, the post that you had about that and, and, and that's actually where I heard about it from was from you is, uh, that I, I, I went back and I thought about the fact that, you know, I think both Gene and Paul have made no secret about the fact that in the, that they have actively thought about the fact of, of kiss as an entertainment phenomenon. And then it necessarily, you know, it didn't mean that it needed to have, Gene or Paul up on stage or Tommy or, you know, uh, you know, anybody else that they could retire themselves and still there could be this kiss thing that goes out. So I'm wondering if their retire is really that, you know, Gene and Paul will no longer be on stage as kiss, but that there'll be still this touring money making phenomenon of four guys, whoever they are, ex guys from Ghost, maybe you know, on stage as Kiss. It's, I don't know. That was my first thought was whether they were going to, that was going to be the, like the switcheroo because I just can't imagine Gene ever stopping the revenue train. Well, there was two things that came to mind when, when you just brought that up. Number one, what they have going from is the makeup. Uh-huh. They can put, they can put anybody in the makeup to look like right. any of the guys in the and, and there's been, I'd say more than rumors that there have been people that have been on the stage as them, and you know people don't realize like it wasn't Gene, but there was somebody else on stage because you know, Gene was off doing something else and stuff. So yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing is, um, Foreigner, hmm. For, Foreigner have gone out and done shows with no original members. Yeah, other we saw one of them. <laughs> no, yeah, and they were really good. But other bands take notice of these things, and. If the, if it works for Foreigner, you can be guaranteed that the likes of Gene Simmons, who's looking very closely at that for years, mm. thinking that if they can do it, we can do it. Because if you have the songs and you can dress the people up as the characters, you can go on for as long as you can get away with it. Now, I'm not saying they'll get away with it because 
they're, they're still, I don't think there'll be an arena act. That doesn't mean that they still can't make money from live shows. Right. I can see, I can see doing like, um, like a residency thing, Vegas, you know, show type of thing or, you know, something like that. Maybe, maybe not as much touring, but you know, I don't know. It's interesting though. You bring up foreigner because I think the difference with foreigner is that even though like, you know, there's been shows where there's been no Mick at all, they still have, I mean, incredibly, incredibly talented people in that band that, you know, I mean, Kelly Hansen, he's got the showmanship, he's got the charisma with the crowd, he can bring it all, and he's not hiding behind makeup and pretending to be, in, you know, anything. He's going out there as Kelly Hansen. And then you've got, you know, a great musical director in Pilsen as well. So he's, you know, he's changed some of the Foreigner songs and updated them and added parts and things like that. You know, I mean, amazing man, and you're right. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, someone like Gene is looking at them and seeing that, but there is definitely more to, the, to foreigner than just um you know just putting a bunch of guys on stage and going yeah just go go act like the guys from double vision kind of thing that uh there's, i think there's a lot more to it for those guys yeah so what way would you like to see kiss approach during this tour like as regards who would you like to see on stage and what songs would you like to hear them play that's a that's an actually that's a really interesting question um now i know my answer might be a little different because you know, I've in the past I was a you know between but junior high and through high school and stuff, especially especially junior high I was like massive massive Kiss fan. Um, so I kind of look at it as, for me when I think about live Kiss, first of all is is the show. So to me the, and they've done plenty of probably you know bigger better things, but to me the pinnacle is when you open up the middle of a live two. And you see that stage set. So for me, I would think that that is kind of the, that would, I would love kind of like, you know, Iron Maiden doing their somewhere in time tours and, and things like that. That to me would be like the awesome stage show to bring back would be that classic Alive 2 show. And, and, and then kind of pull out like songs that they really haven't, that they were, you know, were doing consistently in the past but maybe they don't do as much anymore and um and try to more better represent everybody maybe leave a lot of the uh you know they've leaned heavily into a lot of the 80s type stuff too and and like leave some of that behind one because unfortunately Paul really can't do it justice anymore but just i i think that for you know a long time kiss fan they want to they want to go back and they want to hear stuff like parasite or maybe going blind or something, you know, some of those other songs might be really cool to, as a, as a go out. Yeah. Here's what I think they should do. Um, I think they should do the same. The, the kiss have always said over the years that they have one of the most loyal fan bases in the world. And they do. Yeah. Right. And, and they do. Right. So a lot of the kids fans have all the albums, right? Mm -hmm. I think, I think they should do what Judas Priest did on the Epitaph tour and play at least one song from every album. And I mean every album. I'm talking about up to Monster. Oh, okay. you know, want, are you talking about playing a song off a of Peter's solo album? No, no <laughs> leave the solo albums out of it. I, I, I'm like they would. They'd have to play one song off The Elder, uh. one off Unmasked, one off Dynasty, and then you got one off Creatures, one off Lick It Up, one off Animalize, one off Asylum. Hmm. That that show would be unbelievable. I I think, but they're like Kiss. The, the, the thing I have leveled at KISS for years, 
and I'm not the only person to say this. You look at their set list, they've only got four albums. <laughs> the first three and Creatures of the Night, and they, they hardly say anything else from the rest of them. Very true. So this is their chance. If they're going to go out on a farewell tour, and this is it, do something special. Mm. Don't go back out and say, oh, we bigger pyro. And like Gene said in a, in a press release, they're playing more hits. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I looked at it and I'm like, if you're playing more hits, then you have to play the MTV stuff. They were hits. Right. You know, you can't, you can't just go out and say, oh, we're, we're going to do uh, five off Destroyer that we always do. And then we're going to do four off the debut that we always do. And, and, and I'm thinking, yeah, but the only difference on this tour is you're calling it the farewell tour. The set's the fucking same from the last tour and the <laughs> tour before that and the tour before it. It's true. I think the only time they change it up is like on the like doing some acoustic stuff on the Kiss Cruise or whatever. And then and you would think from that and the reaction they get for some of that that they'd be like, Wow, you know what? Maybe we should like kind of put some time yeah, in and rehearse this and put it in the show because whenever they pull out something like that, I mean, you hear about it on, you know, every you know, all fifty million different kiss podcasts out there. You get, like you said, they're it's a loyal fan base and they get a huge reaction to that stuff. Yeah, and what, what, if they're doing a three-year tour, just for one leg of the tour, do, do that where they, they, they pick songs off, one song off every album, or just change it up. Mm. Because what, what I don't want to see is kids come around the Boston area three times in the next three years playing the same fucking songs over and over again. And then you really have overstayed your welcome. You think that's going to be like... Uh... You know, they're saying three years, but is it really going to be a pass through the U.S. and maybe a pass through Asia and a pass through Europe? And, and that'll kind of be encompassed the three years as opposed to like three different passes through the U.S. type of thing. They will keep going as long as they sell tickets. Hmm. And then the other thing I'm wondering about, and, and you, you'd have a better perspective on it, is, you know, so you, you've been in the States for a while now and you see kind of the... The, the relationship between the fan state side and KISS. What about over in the in Europe? I, I would think that a set list that works well here in the U.S. probably won't work as well in Europe or even as well in, like, Japan. No, well, one of the songs they put back in the set when I saw them before I moved here was Crazy Nights, because mm. that was big in, in England when it came out. And they hadn't played it in years. And when they went over to play, and I saw them in Dublin, and they put Crazy Nights back in the set. Yeah. And when they came back over here, it was gone. Mm. So it, it, a lot of the KISS stuff is uh, overseas. It was, it was England. I can only really speak for myself now, England and Ireland and that, but the non-makeup era was pretty big over there. Right. I th think they did a lot of their touring was just centered in the U.S. at the height of their fame. And it was only when the, the shit hit the fan with them um, in the late 70s that, uh, what was it, the Unmasked album? They didn't tour the U.S., but they played in was South America to 80,000 people or something. They had to go outside to, yeah. to get to sell tickets. And before that, they didn't have to go outside. They could go anywhere in the U.S. and they could sell arenas multiple nights in different cities. And and then, eventually, then they were just forced to go somewhere else. Yeah, well, you know, at that, that point, too, you had... You know, like unmasked. You take that as a, as the, uh, you know a good example. That you know was not. There was like no arena rock to that, really. You know what I mean? It's just 
as far as an album and stuff, okay, you know, it's fine, but it, yeah, it didn't, I don't think that would speak to the arena crowds. And you kind of have this thing of, I mean, when they got to like 78, 79, a lot of their audience was turning from being, you know, you know, 18 to 21 year olds to being, you know, kids instead. And, uh, you know, if you want to keep, you know, kids don't fill stadiums. So you got to, you know, if you want to fill stadiums in the U.S., you got to really, you got to speak to to the people who are, who are typically going to buy tickets. It's going to be your 18 to 21 year olds at that point. Yeah. And I think at that stage as well, a lot of the kids weren't buying lunchboxes <laughs> unless you could fit a six pack of beer in it. <laughs> <laughs> so question for you, if Peter and Ace came back, would that make you go, or would you just not go anyway? Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that that Peter really has the the chops that he used to have to play that. I've, I mean, a lot of what he did was very, and, and we've talked about this to a number of people, right? I mean, the 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 people that who, for lack of a better way of putting it, age the worst in a band is the drummer and the singer, mm-hmm. and he had yeah. this, you know. Gene Krupa based driving kind of a beat. And I don't think he's able to to do that anymore. So I'm not sure how great that's gonna actually sound. You know, I mean obviously Ace can come out and he can play and there's no problem and you know, he's kinda of back in the game here and he's got what he's got his new album coming out soon in like what, October I think and stuff. So, you know, I think he can do it. Really haven't heard much from Peter and um I just I don't know you know what he'd come out and and play. Well, I don't want to sing. Him, I don't want to hear him sing Beth because I've heard him do that. Last time I heard that, it was like, oh my god, like stop. What about Bruce Kulick? I would love to see Bruce come back. Yeah, me too. I think what they might do is um, bring him back for certain shows. They'll pick the big markets to do it in. Yeah, they'll announce it up front. Um, that like if they announce that Peter and Ace are doing certain shows. You can imagine like the demand on tickets for those, because you you've got the old school Kiss fans, and they've just they've never accepted Tommy and Eric Singer. They just haven't, mm. because you, you know he's imitating the Spaceman, and Eric is imitating the Catman, and and it's like really right. But at, the, and, but at the same token, if they didn't do that, they would have been like they would have been bitching about, well, aren't you guys out? And you know, so it's like you can't win with that part. Um, yeah, but look, the one thing I will say about Tommy and, and Eric, um, they add a lot to the show because their musicianship is stellar. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, you can say that they're better players than Ace and Peter. You know, they've kept the band going because mm-hmm. of their chops. Yeah. That Gene, like they're younger than Gene and Paul. They're able to play all the material as, you know, note for note, really. Mm. And, you know, what were Gene and Paul going to do? They weren't, you know, they weren't going to stop. So they had to get somebody in. Now, you know, you had to make people saying, oh, yeah, they should have got different makeup and all that. But will I go? Probably not. I, I kind of said a few years ago that uh, I saw, I've seen them in Dublin in 2000 and I think it was seven for the first time. Mm. And then I, I saw them twice over here. I saw them once with Motley. And I was with Def Leppard. All these bands interchange <laughs> all the time. I think I think it was um, I think it was Def Leppard. 
And then I saw him in Manchester. And I'm good. I think I'm good. Unless yeah. they do something special, like they do, they play shows and they say, right, we're, half the set's going to be from the non-makeup stuff, then I'll definitely go. You know, it'd be interesting, too. I mean, like the way that um, the Scorps did the stuff where they, you know, they had shows where they were bringing back old members and in guests and stuff. And that would be an interesting thing. And, and like I said, it would be, it would be cool to see Bruce Kulick get up there and, and, and play some stuff off the albums that he played on. And, and uh, I think that would definitely be a, a very, very cool show. I think they, they, uh, they got to switch it up a bit. Mm. Three years playing the same songs is uh, a bit too much in my opinion. So do you think that, do you think this is it for Kiss? Honestly, I think this is it for Gene and Paul as far as a touring entity and new music and all of that, I think that part is it. But I still can't shake my feeling that they're going to put together some type of entertainment package that involves four guys in makeup going out and doing Kiss songs live. Yeah, I don't think it's it. I said the same thing about Molly. Mm. <laughs> I said, when they signed the contract, I was, I was very skeptical. There's too many bands have... Uh, have said they're done, and they just come back. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the, Scorp the Scorpions. True, but the Scorpions. I think I don't know. Uh, granted, I'm I'm kind of biased about the Scorpions, but I I think that I think that a lot of what Klaus says in Forever in a Day, you know, which you know is documenting that what was supposed to be their final tour and everything. I think they were just overwhelmed by the amount of support that they were getting, and it was kind of like. Maybe we're not going to stop. I don't think that was ever a case of let's let's go out and call it our last tour. I, I really think that that they meant it, you know. But I think as far as Kiss, though, can't really speak much for Gene. But I know that Paul, over the last year or so, right, he got a lot of backlash about some of the vocals he did and stuff, and whether he could really do it. And, and you know, hey, maybe he's you know, looking at whether or not he really can do it and saying, you know what, maybe I should just, you know, give it one more for the fans and it's really, before I start to really embarrass myself, like, stop and just enjoy, you know, enjoy life. Yeah, personally, I think he's already embarrassed himself on stage, you know, I, I think his voice is shot. Mm -hmm. um, he did Love Gone, I think it was in Barcelona about six or eight weeks ago, and it was awful. And that's when the... The clip came out of Gene, and I think he was with Ace doing some interview, and he mentioned off the cuff about Paul's voice being shit. Mm. <laughs> um, I I think what's going to happen here is uh, they're announcing the tour, they'll go out, they're halfway through the tour, there'll be a press release saying, we never expected this amount of support, how can we stop now? <laughs> and uh, and they'll keep, they'll keep going, because... Kiss in the last few years are one of these bands that, and you can disagree with me if you want, they can't sell out arenas on their own anymore. They had to go out with somebody else as part of a package. That is true. By them doing this and announcing a farewell tour, now they can go out and sell out arenas on their own because they're, the selling point now is if you miss them now, they're done. And I personally don't think they're done. I think the tickets are going to really, really sell well for this. In the beginning, anyway, definitely, because you're going to have all these rabid Kiss fans. It's, Kiss, is, for a lot of people, it's their fix. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I'm only going to get one last fix of Kiss. And 
And you're going to get people, and I'm I'm including myself in this, this might be my only chance to bring my eight-year-old kid to see kids play. Mm. And you're going to have parents and, and that are going to say, right, this is it. We've got to bring the kids to see kids. This is this is the only chance they're going to get. And I guarantee you that when they announce the dates, the tickets are going to, fl- I think they're going to fly out the door. And they're probably going to be 25% dearer than what they were for the last tour, if not more. Hmm. And money talks, and if the demand is still there, they're not going to stop. Unless one of them just, <laughs> you know, Gene will probably want, I don't know, Gene will, Gene will probably want to keep going. If he, he loves the money, but Paul... I can see Paul being the one here now putting the you know, putting his foot down on this and saying, Look, I'm done. I've got other things in my life. I'm seventy. I think he's got young children. Yeah. And um you know, Gene's kids are all grown up and I I I I, I look at this as a farewell tour in name only. Mm. Um I don't think they're gonna stop. And if they want I'm not and I'm not including this four other guys going on stage thing. Right, right. You just mean I, kiss as kiss, yeah. Yes, I I just think that the, the fan base is going to be so supportive of this and there's going to be so many people wanting to go and see this show mm. that they're going to change their mind. And the reason I'm saying that is all the other fucking fans change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's the, it's This is the way they earn money. Mm. Yeah, if they can, if they can, If they can still put on a show a decent show because I think that's one of the reasons the Scorpions didn't stop that they, they realized that they weren't crap mm-hmm. that yeah. even though they were approaching 70 they could still put on a great show and they do still they put do. on a great yeah. show why, why should why should we stop that's so, right yeah. yeah so we'll we'll see I'm just I'm I'm just a skeptical fuck when it comes to <laughs> some of these pants <laughs> oh man well well you say that uh we turn from being the skeptical fucks to uh, to something we're not skeptical about and that we're looking forward to, and that's uh, James and the rest of Kingdom Come coming back. So what do you say we uh, we run your talk with James and give everybody some hope for some uh, some great music coming our way over the uh, over the next couple months? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. All right.
James? Hey, brother. What's hey. going on, Ricky? I'm How you? you okay for the interview? Yeah, man. I'm sitting here with these cats. These cats are driving me insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got these two stinks. They're out of their minds. They're really smart and they're really sharp. And they run around. And then I got the, 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 the orange tabby. How are you? What's going on? I'm good. I'm um, enjoying the 40 degree weather we're having here just outside of Boston. Oh, really? It's kind of cool. It's it's cooling off here, but it's still it's like eighty eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eighty eight degrees. I mean, because I go out, uh, I I do a walk like about seven to between seven seven thirty, and I, I usually walk like about a mile and a half, and because uh, I gotta kick my ass and uh, get myself out and uh, I swim. They turn the heater off in the pool at all, and the water is like really cold, but. I've been swimming every day, and I'm I'm doing my walking, and I'm I'm doing okay. Nice. So what's going on, man? Ah, we'll we'll get we'll just get into the interview, James. I don't want to keep you here all night. Yeah, uh, no worries. Really. All right. So the first question I have is, um, how how far back did you try and get the Kingdom Come reunion to start? Well, I I, I always loved Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come has been dear to my heart since day one, and uh, you know I was dedicated to scorpions for 21 years then in 2012 2013 i tried to resurrect it because scorpion said oh we're done we're going to say farewell and we're going to be done and i got all the guys here we rehearsed and it was like really pleasant it was wonderful but klaus called me one day and goes hey james you know uh, you know um can you not play with anyone else meaning Scorpion, I mean, uh, meaning Kingdom Come, Kotak, or uh, Project Rock. I go, Klaus, what? He goes, yes, we decided we're going to make another album, and we're going to continue on. I go, so we're not saying farewell. So that was really rough. So uh, I resurrected it now, and it's the original four, me, Johnny B. Frank on bass, Danny Steiger on guitar, Rick Steyer on guitar, and... Uh, Lenny didn't want to do it, so we have a new singer, which is Keith St. John, and we're so excited. We're going to do the entire first album in its entirety. We're going to do uh, about five songs from the second album. It's going to be incredible. And I'll tell you what, we wanted this so bad. Uh, I've been wanting to do this, so it's really literally to the year, the 30 years anniversary. So I'm excited. Yeah. So... Um, before 2013, um, did you keep in touch with the rest of the guys? Yes, I did. I've always stayed in touch. Uh, me and Rick have been very, very best friends since, uh, gosh, 1978. We've been friends. Uh, and then Danny and Johnny, we always stayed in touch with. Uh, and um, we've always, we, we just always maintained a relationship, a friendship. And, uh, and that's what a band is all about, you know? If if you 
want to be in a band and you don't like anybody, it's never going to happen. We are friends regardless whether we're playing together or not, and we stayed that way, and um, that's been really wonderful. Yeah. So, who approached Lenny about doing this? Because he came out with a press release, I think, in the middle of last year, saying that he just yeah. retired. Uh, well, I actually approached him back in November of 2017, and I said, Lenny, please, come on, man, one more time. I will take care of all the business. He goes, well, you know, get get this together, get that together. I got all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together, and I put everything together, and I, I sent it to Lenny and said, hey, man, here it is. Everything's done. Here's the money. Here's the, the, the tour dates. Here's the this. And he said, no. And uh, I was really disappointed. But you can't let that affect you. You have to move forward. And uh, I did that. And I said, well, Lenny, if you don't want to do it, we'll get somebody else. He goes, no, Schnitzel, you won't. I said, yes, Lenny, I will. And uh, that's what I did. And that's where John, uh, Keith St. John came in. Yeah. Um, when Lenny said no, did you sit down with the other guys and did any of them have any reservations about continuing without Lenny? Well, yes. Uh, I called Rick immediately. Rick and, he, and myself have been partners, uh, like I said, for 40 years. And uh, we went over it back and forth. He goes, man, you know, without Lenny, blah, blah, blah. It's not really King of Comic. I go, yeah. Well, look at Foreigner. Foreigner's out there. And Nick <laughs> Jones doesn't even play half the time. It's like, whatever. I want to celebrate the music. And Rick said, I'm there. And I said, okay, then I will take care of it. And I got our manager, Peter, uh, to, uh, on board. And we said, F this. We're going to do it regardless. And we did. And that's what we're doing. And we start September 27th. Yeah. Now, the obvious question I have personally is, you guys left the band after In Your Face. And Lenny did Hands yes. of Time. And then he did Bad Image. And he did a string of albums under the Kingdom Come name. And now yes. Lenny is not in the band. So how can he go out with the name? Did you have to buy the name from Lenny? How did that work? I have a licensing situation with Lenny. We have an agreement. And uh, he, I'm paying him for the use of the name. And everything's good. Uh, I wish he would have come aboard. I thought maybe he would like have a second thought and come aboard. But he's not. Um, and that's... Therefore, Keith St. John has come in, has come in, and um, it is what it is, man. You know what? It's like look at Warren. Warren is a great band. I love Warren. You know, and they have a uh, uh, God damn it, what's his name? Robert Mason. Robert Mason. Thank you, sir. <laughs> they got Robert, and I, I, I miss Jamie Lane so bad. I miss him. I want to cry just thinking of Jamie Lane. You know, it's like been five and a half years, and I miss him so effing bad. But you got to remember, there's four of the members that have to move on, and they have they have a life, and they want to celebrate the music of Warren, just like I want to celebrate the music of Kingdom Come, and that's what we're doing. We're going to go out, and we're going to play, and there are many, many, many people who want to hear this music, and have never heard it properly. We're going to go out and play the way it's supposed to be played. It's going to be incredible. It's yeah. going to be wonderful. Now, James, I've never seen Kingdom Come. I'm one of the guys. No, I'm, 
I'm with the people. You gotta come because we're playing in your neck of the woods. I'm going. Oh well, you're be my guest, dude. Really? I'm definitely going. You're my guest. Do not buy a ticket. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, I want to ask about getting in the singer uh, to replace Lenny. Did you want to go for a singer that sounded like Lenny originally? No, that was not an option because there's no one who sounds like Lenny. But Keith St. John is one of the top, wonderful, incredible singers of our time out here. He was the singer. He he sang with Montrose. I played drums with Montrose. And Ronnie Montrose was the king. And uh, uh, Keith St. John sang with Ronnie off and on for 12 years. And I played live with Ronnie on one song. That's all I ever did. And I always wanted Keith to be the singer of my band because he's just phenomenal. He's a great singer. He's a front man. He has the talent. He's got the charisma. He's got everything. So here we are. And I finally get my wish. My wish came true. I got Keith St. John singing vocals for Kingdom Come. It's like, wow. It just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. James, was he the only name on the list? No, there were other guys and there were other uh, suggestions, but it was like hands down Keith St. John. And uh, it, it was like a no brainer. It was like one of those like, situations. He's just like, he's phenomenal, man. When you see him and you hear him, and when you finally release stuff that he sang on, when you <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, he's I'm just phenomenal. I know Keith from uh, Burning Rain, Doug Aldridge's band. Yes, Burning Rain, of course. And Doug Aldridge is one of my favorite guitarists, of course. Yeah. And uh, But I'm thrilled to death that, that Keith even considered, you know, being part of the situation because, um, I mean, there are some other guys, but nothing like Keith, Keith and John. Keith's just the guy, man, dude, man. Yeah. Have you, have you rehearsed with him yet? Yes, we have. We've been uh, actually we were uh, in uh, Studio Land because we took and we went back and we re-recorded. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, We re-recorded all the first King Come uh, songs from the first album, and uh, like about six from the second album. We re-recorded me and Rick uh, re-recorded those, and uh, um, Keith is going back and readdressing them and reapproaching them and re-singing them. And um, that's that. And we, I mean, we've done that, but Keith is like, excellent dude. He's like, he's like, he's singing. It's great. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Tell me, James, about what was going through your emotionally the first time you sat in a room with the rest of the guys and plugged in and played. Like, how did you feel? Like, can you, can you tell me? It was cold chills across my back uh, when we, uh, this was 2013, where it was me, Rick, Danny, Johnny, and then we had Lenny. And uh, quite honestly, I was drunk. <laughs> I was drunk huh. and it sucked. But I'm very honest. And uh, But we played and it was okay. And it was what it was. And um, and then Koss called me the very next day and said, James, you know, we're not saying farewell. We, you, you have to say no to these bands. And I, and I did. 
because my allegiance was with Scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what about the first rehearsal you had with Keith? Tell me, tell me about what was going through your, your, your head at that, like emotionally. You, you know what? It was, it was like, because, you know, you know, I've known the guy for years and we've been uh, cordial, but we sat in the studio and we went back and forth and said, hey, blah, blah, blah. And we ended up talking for like an hour, two hours, just talking. Me, uh, Keith St. John and Rick. And we talked and talked and then we talked some more and then we talked some more and then we talked and then we talked some more. But I, I blew down like about seven Kingdom Come tracks on drums. And um, we talked about this and we talked about that. And uh, it was it was very positive. He's a very positive spiritual guy who has a lot to give. And we're, we're on the same page, man. It's a, it's a very wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So was it? Uh, did you have to go back and relearn any of the songs, or did they all come back to you more or less straight away? You know, you know, you know. What's so funny is, honestly, I've sat down and played songs that I've not played for thirty years, and I sat down and played them with a click track, with my uh, in-ear monitors, and I sat down and played uh, Highway Six, and get it on, and do you like it, and. Um, uh, this one and that one. And I sat down and played them without rehearsing and blew them down in one take. Wow. Because I'll tell you what, these songs have been going through my head for years and I love them and I, I like them and it's rock and roll and it's like when you live it, you give it and it's wonderful. You know? And um, it just magically happened. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I, I Do you think do you think you're going to stay true to the original arrangements because you, you haven't played them for so long and you've obviously grown as people and as musicians that you might actually change right. it around a little bit? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm funny you would say that because we've talked about having shorter versions because there's a couple of songs that are like six minutes long and, and we, we, we whittled them down to three minutes. But the main songs like Get It On and 17 and Do You Like It and all these wonderful songs that uh, have stood the test of time are songs that we're not screwing with. We're going to play them as they were, and I've recorded them um, as they are on the album, and we're going to present them as they are on the album live. And that's the least we can do because I'll tell you what, man, these songs deserve it. It's great rock and roll, and I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, I co-wrote like, like half the songs uh, along with Rick and Johnny and we and we 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 put our heart and soul into this stuff, man. And I'm really thankful and grateful that I'm, I was part of it. And I, I, I'm I'm just sorry that Lenny is not involved, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm. I know you have people saying because I I see it on social media and you see it as well. Yeah, you know, no Lenny, right. no Kingdom Come. And well, you know what? It it is what it is. I know. I know. I know, like I have the opportunity now to actually see you guys play, and yeah, you know, I've no, I've never seen you play. I I think you played some dates in the UK when you uh, in the late eighties, but you never played in Ireland. Yes, we did. Yeah, but it, it, you know, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? You're you're going to like, oh, oh, when he's on, no, we're not going to do anything. Like, no, no, we're going to go out 
we're going to play, we're going to play rock and roll, and we're going to like entertain the troops, and we're going to give it for what it is. Like that's what we do because we play rock and roll, or we could just sit on our ass and stay home and do nothing. So what do you do? Mm. You know what we do? We go out, we play, we play and we play and we enjoy and we kick ass and do what we do. And it's like, I, I, I can only sit at home so much and swim in my swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I've been home for like two years now and it was wonderful. I'll tell you what, I've never, I've never been home this much. Mm. I've been on the road since 1978. I've toured incessantly, but I'll tell you what, it's time to go back and get out there. And, uh, Hey, you know, what's really cool is, uh, September 1st, I'm going to go down to, uh, to Sunset Marquis and visit with, uh, Klaus and Rudolph. And, uh, that'd be wonderful. Nice. Nice. I know they're, they're my buddies. Klaus just emailed me back and he's like, Oh, cool. So we're going to go, go to the pool and hang out and, you know, they're my friends and I'm yeah. so excited. You know, that's what rock and roll is all about. They're my family, yeah. you know, Good for you. Are you married? I am, yes. I've been married since 2003. Oh, see? You know what I'm talking about. When you're married and you have kids, you know what a family is about. And here my family was Scorpions. I was with Scorpions longer than I was with my wife, Athena. And you you forget what it's about, man. You you know, it's rock and roll, man. And, you know, I was longer with, with Scorpions than I was my marriage. And, um, but we're still tight. We're still friends, and that's what's so wonderful. And uh, I'll see them September first. And anyway, hey, it's been a wonderful joy talking to you. Mm-hmm. And I thank you so much for following up and um, being a cool guy. And um, I just want to thank you. Yeah, no problem, James. And I will see you in uh, October. I'll, I'll keep in touch. Hey, man. Yeah, you have my my phone number, obviously. I do. But I thank you so much. Brilliant, James. Well, have a good rest of the night. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. Hi, brother. Brother, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Take care. Okay. Bye.
right. There is uh, Richie's great talk with James, all about uh, how that whole thing's coming back together and how Kingdom Come is coming your way. Yeah. To listen to this on uh, on Wednesday night, um, I'm in the airport. <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> say. I was just gonna say that uh, you know I uh, hope you have a have a good trip back home. Yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story before I go. Uh, I was I met Glenn Hughes the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Great um, picture. Yeah, and he's, the show, by the way, was awesome. And, was was um, our buddy there? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> he he was at Halloween. Really? Oh man! Yeah, going absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> I looked, I looked down, and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, so he was at he was at Hello- Halloween. Oh, but um, I'm talking to Glenn, and Glenn, Glenn Glenn was actually staying in Dublin when I'm there. Huh. <laughs> And uh, he asked us to come to the show, and I said, I can't. I'm over for my sister's wedding. But the, the chances of that now, seeing him here and then being in Ireland at the same time he's playing the show in Ireland is pretty, that's long odds. Ah, yeah. Well, you should have just yeah. invited him to your sister's wedding. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Gun Hughes won't show up. He can sing at it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, as long as he's not yeah, singing I mean, Burn or Mistreated, you're all set. Mystery is at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> might, might just take her life. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of them there, isn't there? Stormbringer. Yeah, baby double dealer. Wow. <laughs> 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 Holy crap. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, bud, have a great trip and, uh, you know, give my best to your family and hope everything is safe and everything's good and uh, see you back here in, uh, what? Two weeks? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, yeah, two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, so, um, my, my liver will be full of Guinness. There you go. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the Kotax talk. And next week, you're going to hear uh, Richie talking to our uh, our buddy Jarvis Leatherby all about what, uh, what Night Demon is up to. So uh, two great shows uh, to round out the end of September and the beginning of October. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, have a good trip, bud. Uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time tonight. Sound like I'm doing an interview with you. But uh, take a little bit of time from away from the family to at least get on the phone and uh, just let us get a little discussion, a little chat for the listeners. You know, much, much appreciated. And again, yeah, have a great trip. I will. I'll try my best. All, All right. right, Scott. So uh, All right. For, uh, for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.